We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high. Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual on a wonderful Friday evening is my good friend and colleague, Mile High Huddle senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. And dude, I have to say, first things first, man, what a comedy of errors at the end of that game as the Broncos lose their first preseason game of the 2023 season to the Arizona Cardinals on a last second touchdown and two point conversion by a score of 18 to 17, man. It's going to be fun to break this all down with you. I understand we're coming in here late. We got to kind of get this going as quickly as we can. But, dude, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Broncos football is back. I'm excited yes, for sir. it. Sucks they couldn't pull out the win after they controlled for the most part of the game. Like, there, there's a lot of promise for it. There is negative stuff. I mean, some of you out there are already guessing what I'm going to be hammering away about. But, I mean, with the time constraints we have tonight, one thing, too, if you guys have any comments or questions, make sure you get them in. And I hate to do this, but super chatting, stars, whichever the case, that makes sure that we can get to your questions and comments. Um, but we got to try to keep it short because it is late. I mean, it's 9 o'clock for me. So, like, we have people tuning in from all over the world. I mean, other places probably early morning. But East Coast, you know, it's, what, four hours is it, 1 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock for Lance here. Um, So we got to get through this quick. But my first question for you, Lance, is on the offense, got to start off positive, guys. What's your biggest positive about the offense? So the first thing that I wrote down, and I I know this is going to sound crazy. I was actually kind of impressed with Russell Wilson tonight. And I got to be honest here. Because when he hit the top of his drop and he actually fired the football on time, he made a couple of really nice throws. First things first on the big slant to, uh, to Jerry Judy over the middle of the field. Uh, next thing you got him on a, a comeback from uh, Cortland Sutton on the right-hand side. He hit Jerry Judy again, moving toward the right sideline. Uh, Jerry Judy actually dropped the football, but then went right back to him on the very next play on a slant for a touchdown. I was actually impressed with what Russell Wilson was able to do tonight when he was throwing on time. That's the big thing, throwing on time. 
Now we got to come in and we got to say thank you to Gregory Vendeland with the $50 donation. Thank you, Gregory. Wow. We appreciate that so much, man. We cannot express how much that means to us. We also have another $50 coming in from Brent saying here's to Eric and Lance and a great show. Hope Broncos shake off the bad look and gets better protection for Russ. Yes. As you were, what you were talking about, Russ, I mean, they're not every throw was great. The guy went seven of 13, eight of 13. If you want to call that, if you turn that drop into a catch, that's like a 61% mm -hmm. catch or completion percentage. That's not bad. But some of those catches were really like outside of the big three that you mentioned, the one to Cortland Sutton, the two to Jerry Judy, the placement wasn't great, but that offensive line. And I am one that is like, not all pressure is on the offensive line, but tonight it was. That yes, offensive absolutely. line was a travesty. It was a comedy of errors. Garrett Bowles led the poop train. That's what I'll call it. <laughs> like, he, he was just bad out there. And not only him, Ben Powers, and it sucks, because, like, obviously, you and I, we've defended Garrett Bowles. We've, I've hyped up mm -hmm. Ben Powers. So it sucks seeing guys that we've backed up, but that's just how it is. Like, I'm going to call it how I see it. Ben Powers was terrible out there. Mm -hmm. Absolute booty working in um in pass protection and while he had a couple good or a couple decent blocks against the run where he was pulling there was almost nothing else against the run from him lloyd cushionberry was one of the better looking offensive linemen out there isaiah yeah. prince was the best one and quinn Miners was just meh like you want so much more from them and russell wilson they they weren't given time for plays to develop and russell wilson had to deal with that like Pressure, again, pressure is not always on the offensive line, but tonight, that pressure that Russell Wilson was dealing with and being able to go out there, go 7-13, like, hats off to him. That offensive line was absolute disaster. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's just calm down for a second here, and I, I want to jump right back into this. First things first, thank you to Brent. Thank you for uh, to David. Uh, we got David Cromwell jumping in here as well on another $5 Super Chat. Broncos look for, uh, far more like a team that will be picking a top seven that one that than one that will win eight to nine games, agree or disagree. I don't want to get, like, super crazy into the – predictions right now it's the first preseason game but there was a lot of concerns out there i want to get more into the positives we want to say hello to everybody here who is joining us tonight here on dove valley deep divers we've got uh od in the house mp gaming austin cody k hops in here as well uh rudy valdez um uh we got another super chat in here from naj altaf we'll grab here that here in just a second uh sharon gammons uh nathan noble is in in the house billy ray valentine Hello, and thank you all for joining us here on a late edition of Dell Valley Deep Divers as we do want to jump into the majority of this game. I do want to go to and grab this one. one, one Eric, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what David's comment is, I don't want to be super negative, Nancy, and say they're going to be picking top seven or anything. It was one preseason game. Granted, it was against a team that is projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this mm -hmm. year in the Arizona Cardinals, but it was still one game. And they're changing a lot up on the offense. They're still meshing everything. It wasn't a good look. It's a team that looks like they're missing depth at a lot of key positions. But a lot can change. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about this team going forward. We saw some a lot of good things. Again, um, if the offensive line can gel, create chemistry, or if Bulls can turn it around, like they're, it's, it's a lot of moving pieces on this offensive line. It's a lot of chemistry that's got to be built up. 
So expecting it like in week one wasn't great. And I know last week we talked about this a lot about when you start to worry. I'm starting to worry a little bit. But if it continues on in the next game and the game after that, then I would be absolutely dreading this offensive line. Now we have another super chat in here from Tom with a $5 donation. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate that so much. He says three things. One, we are very deep at running back. Two, Garrett Bowles look bad. Also, kickers scare me. Um, Yeah, the kicker wasn't, I mean, wasn't great. Brett Mayer, I mean, obviously, I mean, he missed all those field goals in it, and he doesn't seem like he has shrugged or has shrugged that off at all. Garrett Bowles looked bad as the whole offensive line, even even like the depth guys. Like there were very few offensive linemen that got positive notes from me. Um, and deep at running back, they are. Um, one thing, and I know this is going to get me killed because I know there's a lot of McLaughlin love out here. One thing to remember is he was playing against third and fourth string guys. That quickness and shiftiness was there. It was clear as day. But there were some missed tackles there. There was a lot of players that there, and one of them there was a player really bad out, badly out of position. Like, and he still went down pretty easily with contact. So, I still want to see more from him. There's still two games left. He showed a lot. Like again, that shiftiness, that quickness, it's there. But still, got to show a little bit more. Tyler Beatty, he looked good too. Um, yeah, sure. He didn't have the, he didn't have that touch and run, but he looked good. And he was going doing that against second string guys and who you're facing in the preseason. It does matter. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the the other big positives that I noticed uh, for this Broncos offense specifically on the in the second half. Tyler Beatty actually ran, runs very hard. Like this dude, he has some speed, he has some power, but this dude runs hard. When you get the football into his hands, he puts his head down, he goes and attacks the, the hole. He really tries to get as much as he pos- possibly can, and that was one of the biggest things that I noticed for him. Like he's out there and he's showing against second string defensive linemen, second string uh, linebackers. He's out there reading holes, making like understanding his keys. He also had a really nice pass protection rep that I remember seeing from him early in the, in the third quarter. So uh, Tyler Beatty was another big positive for me. I agree with you hundred percent on that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Absolutely. Now, Naj comes in with a $20 donation. Thank you, Naj. Hope to see you in October. Um, he says, Russ, Sutton, Preen, no injury, solid. O-line kicking game, Stidham, fourth quarter defense, brutal. Stinks to lose and stinks to lose another close game, but hope they learn and improve. Um, yeah, I wasn't super hyped on P. Ryan. I think he was just meh overall. But again, he had to deal with the same issues with the offensive line. No injuries. Hopefully nothing serious. Nick Benito did leave the game with the hip issue. Josie Joel left because of poked eye. And if I remember right, there was another one. Um, DJ Jones left with concussion protocol. Those are the three injuries that I remember off of it. Fortunately, it's, you know, hopefully nothing too serious or anything like that. But got to wait and see. It's particularly on that hip injury. Hip injuries can be a little, uh, little tricky. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on Stidham looks. Stidham to me, like, look at him with his helmet on. He looks like Brock Osweiler, <laughs> and he does a great imitation of Brock Osweiler when throwing the ball. That throw to the end zone with no wide receiver there, classic Brock Osweiler. Well, let's let's talk about the one where he missed uh, uh, little Jordan Humphrey on a dig route. He threw the ball so shallow, like it was literally at his feet. <laughs> it was such a bad and, throw. And then he and then followed he, that up with overthrowing exactly. to Montreal Washington, and that was for the inter- that was an interception, right? No, it, it wasn't. It was almost an interception. It was actually uh, so Montreal Washington ran a, a quick stick route to the outside, and it was behind him. It was behind Montreal Washington. It would have been an interception, and it it, it should have been. An no, the, the one I'm the one I'm thinking of was the interception, and it was like Montreal had to jump up to get it. Okay, yeah. So uh, think in different places because it was uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey uh, with like the ball at his feet, and then uh, Montreal Washington behind him, and there was there was the inter- interception in there as well. Like, and Stidham was rock rough. Rock Chalk coming in with a $10 donation. Good evening, guys. It's great to have Broncos football back, even if it's only preseason. Biggest thing tonight was no major injuries. Again, hopefully that hip injury isn't severe. Hopefully the concussion doesn't keep DJ Jones out for long. Got to wait and see on those. But for the most part, there were no obvious severe injuries or major injuries. And yeah, I mean, it's only preseason. I don't care so much about the Broncos winning or losing in the preseason. I care about who looks good and who doesn't. Who's showing improvement, who's not. That's what I care about the most, but you know, it does always feel a little bit better when the Broncos win. Yeah, it, it, and and they had this game. Let's be honest here. The Broncos went into halftime with the ten nothing lead. Uh, they they come out, let an early field goal, score a late touchdown on the Ben DiNucci drive with uh with the Tyler Beatty uh, touch or was it was it McLaughlin or Beatty? It was McLaughlin. McLaughlin had the touchdown run late and then the defense just fell apart. And something that I want to get back into here just a little bit was something I noticed with Vance Joseph, uh, specifically down the stretch here. Early in the game, we saw a lot of linebacker pressures. Like there was a lot of blitzing linebackers, whether it was Alex Singleton, whether it was Josie Jewell, whether it was even Drew Sanders towards the, towards the, the, the second quarter of the game. We saw a lot of that linebacker pressure. Towards the second half of the game and late down the stretch, we saw a lot of bare fronts and we saw a lot of like multiple down linemen, lots of uh, shifting fronts and, and uh, players that were rotating out. We didn't see those those linebacker pressures in the second half of the, of the game, especially on that last drive. 
we were we were dropping what six seven guys into coverage on that last play where uh david blau threw that touchdown pass there were eight guys into coverage on that play or seven guys into coverage excuse me and it was a blown coverage like that's a concern it's it's the later later guys on the roster there but the shift into defensive philosophy towards the second half of the game was definitely very very noticeable to me but part of that is like you just got to deal with you know what what you what you have to work with Oh, absolutely. He doesn't have the he doesn't cover guys that he has there to start. I mean, even though no Patrick Sertan, um, no Justin Simmons, no Frank Clark, guys who didn't play on the defense, Damari Mathis still got a lot of hype, and he looked good. It was noticeable to he me. Did. I don't know if you caught this. Um, uh, Jaquan McMillan started started the game opposite Mathis with the posse in the slot. And on top of that, Gregory and Jonathan Cooper were the starters at edge before Nick Benito got it got out there on the field and Nick Benito didn't get out there until Randy Gregory was pulled uh, two noticeable things in terms of lineups. But I mean, and then even then you have the linebackers, none of those linebackers are guys who are blitzing linebackers. They're not guys that can really do it. Josie Joel, he can do it. He can do it. All right. Alex Singleton does it. Well, Drew Sanders is built for it, but then you get to guys like Justin Sternod. Yeah. That's not, that's a no go there. Um, Ray Wilborn. That's a no go. Um, Seth Benson, like he's just a run defender guy. Like, so I part of it for me is that they were just they shifted because they didn't have the quality linebackers that could sit there and go and blitz, and they didn't want to risk coverage a little bit because they were still playing to win a little bit. And it sucks that a blown coverage cost it. But we have this huge donation coming in from Deanna saying Russell Deanna. Wilson looked good, 38 McLaughlin looked great. We need better protection, Bulls needs to go. We should have won that game. Love the Broncos, hashtag Broncos country. Um, Russell Wilson for me was about even like, again, we talked about it a little bit before had a couple of great throws, most of them to wide open receivers. So hats off to those receivers for getting such amazing separation. Yeah. McLaughlin, he did look great against certain four string guys, um, guys who are going to be on practice squads and a lot of guys who aren't even going to be in the NFL this next year. Um, I still, I want to see him get more time though. It was enough for me. That's all right. Like Tony Jones was the third, was a third running back out there. I didn't see enough out of Tony Jones. I'm fine making that switch. That third running back battle to me, it's always been between McLaughlin and Beatty. Let's see McLaughlin and Beatty actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with each other as best you can here. Let them both get reps against the second unit. See what they can do, because Tyler Beatty looked good out there. Better protection, 100%. Whole offensive line was bad. Bulls needs to go. Yeah, I'm sure in February after the season's done, he's going to be gone. Um, Should have won that game, 100% again a blown coverage but again thank you deanna so much for the hundred dollar donation yeah we appreciate you, it. you are absolutely, so awesome absolutely absolutely thank you deanna for that i i agree with eric on that 100 the, percent. the the protection from this offensive line early in the game um garrett bowles got absolutely manhandled by a backup linebacker who is now potentially a starter for this arizona cardinals defense turned into a sack the next play the Broncos got gang rushed up the middle. Uh, Russell Wilson was under pressure immediately. They, it was that weird shovel pass that he threw to, uh, mm -hmm. I believe, it was Smaje Pirine in the backfield. Yep. Like that, it was, it was such a terrible play up front. The blocking has this offensive line has to start gelling. And yes, we got a comment coming in here here in just a second. Here it's, an, it's another super chat. I want to grab that here in a second. Chill, chill out on the offensive line a little bit. They need to gel out. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, this first look at this offensive line, as Eric said when we yeah. opened the show, is very, very concerning. We talked about it last week yeah. on Dub Valley Deep Divers. I wasn't concerned in practice. Let me see what it looks like in a game. This first game, 
I've got my antennas up. Very much so have my antennas up. We have Carlos coming in. P. Ryan just blocked. Come on, man. He looked good. Time to watch something else. I'm going to defend my P. Ryan take here a little bit. P. Ryan had one carry for 11 yards. The other five carries went for 15 yards. There were three runs where he was stopped at the line of scrimmage, which sucks because it wasn't his fault. It was the offensive line. But part of the running back's job is you got to create for yourself. And he's a powerful back, but we didn't see it. And then as much pressure on that screen play, that shovel pass screen that we saw, that was still a drop. Like yeah. it hit it hit P Ryan in the hands and he still fumbled it and dropped it. Um, he did not look as physical as you want him to be. He looked kind of a little bit more complacent than you want. I still have high expectations for Samaj P Ryan. I'm still fine with my bold prediction for him, but this was not the kind of game that you would want to see from that type of running back. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and I think it does go back to that offensive line. There was not a whole lot of room to run behind there, especially from the first team. I, I thought Lloyd Cushenberry looked okay. Um, I was still very skeptical of his performance. Um, I, I didn't think that it was great. Um, and also Quinn Miners didn't really do much justice to help him out on that right guard side. Ben Powers, I thought was all right pulling, but at the same time, they've got to start opening up running lanes. Absolutely have to. If they're if this is going to be a team that's running the football, they have to start running it. Uh, F.A. Okugdo, first off, new name. Thank you for joining us tonight. And off the top rope with a $50 super chat. Thank you so much, F.A., for joining us. What a game. People need to realize there was zero game planning. Just went out and ran plays. The blitzing early on seemed to catch the offensive line off guard initially. This defense looks good, though. Rough look good and Sean Payton will clean a lot of things up now Eric I want to actually get your opinion on this one uh it was it was something it, first and foremost they just went out and ran plays and the the blitzing from the Arizona Cardinals early on seemed to catch the offensive line off guard initially that was something that was actually mentioned on the game broadcast where Arizona was running a lot of zero coverage they were running a lot of blitzes they were playing man coverage on the outside in fact the the touchdown pass that Russell Wilson threw to Jerry Judy was a zero coverage look and he beat a, 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 cover, a defender that fell down on the play wide open. You can't like easy pitch and catch, but that was something. And I, I agree with FA's, uh, with FA's opinion on this one, the zero blitz package that Arizona brought in this game really did seem to have a major effect on the, on the passing game, specifically in the protection and Russell Wilson, at least handled it up front and delivered the football on time. That's a positive sign for me. Yeah, the issue is is that when they didn't do that, the offensive line couldn't win their one on ones. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. That, that, that's where that's where the issue is. It's like mm -hmm. blitzing when they bring more blitzers than they are than there are pass rushers. Like obviously, there's going to be pressure. There's going to be some sort of issue. But Garrett Bowles got beat four times by a guy I'd never even heard of yeah. in one on one, and they weren't blitzing. It was just a one on one matchup, and Garrett Bowles got his butt whipped. Um. Ben Powers got his butt whooped against a defensive lineman who is entering his second year, I think, in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Like, the one-on-one -on -one matchups are there are. And while there is very little game planning, there is a little bit, mainly for, like, the first few series. I'm sure that for the Broncos offense, the first four drives, the amount of time that they plays that they wanted the offense to play, that, that was scripted. That, that was game plan. That's what they were going to do. Um, but yeah, that the zero blitzing, I mean, it can always catch everybody off guard, especially coming in a preseason game where you just don't kind of expect that like in a meaningless game, because zero blitzes, if I remember correctly, they actually have a higher occurrence of injuries, um, for offensive line and defensive linemen, because you're bringing so many people into the trenches. 
Yeah. Um, so that kind of sucks. We have Mike um, coming in with a $25 donation. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. Thanks, Says, let's pump the brakes on the O-line. They need time to gel, and 72 hasn't played since early last season. Go Broncos. This is the comment that you were talking about earlier, and yeah. it's not wrong. They do need time to gel. Seven, Garrett Bowles has not played since last season, since early last season. The Indianapolis Colts game. That was what, week five? Yes, it was. Like, so early October last year, since the last time he played. But the issue the issue is, is that, again, gel and chemistry, that comes more with the run blocking aspect of it, passing guys off. There was a lot of losing one-on-ones. A lot of losing one-on-ones. And that's not a thing of where you need time to gel. That's you going out there doing your job and winning your rep. Yeah, absolutely. We we saw it from Isaiah Prince. He lost a, a handful of one-on-ones out there. Cameron Fleming, like let's forget Garrett Bowles for a second. We've we've kind of hammered him for a minute. Cameron Fleming, when he stepped in, really he he lost a couple of one-on-ones early in the in the uh, second half. Um, one where Jarrett Stidham was actually sacked. Isaiah Prince was called for a holding penalty, which quite honestly I don't think was holding. If you want to go by the letter of the law, there he engaged the defender, and the defender ripped underneath him and then turned his back to him. And Prince is actually holding on to him. I know I said holding, but he's already engaged and actually has proper technique. And they threw a penalty flag on that. Jarrett Sinem was sacked. Unfortunately, he didn't lose the football on that play. Like there, there is a lot to be concerned with this offensive line, both first team, second team. I do want to say though, the third team offensive line, Alex Forsyth, I thought looked pretty good out there at center. Yeah. Um, uh, number seventy-eight, I, I forget his name off the top of my head, looked pretty good at guard. Um, uh, Quinn Bailey, I thought looked decent at guard as well. Um, so there, there's some positives to take away from the offensive line later in the game. But early on, when Jonathan Gannon was dialing up all the pressures that he was trying to get up and get after this, the, the the Broncos offensive line, get after the quarterback, it was really not good. Like really, really not good. I want to pump the brakes here. And just like Mike says, and thank you, Mike, for joining us. First time in the chat that I remember your name. And thank you for your donation. We appreciate that. Pump the brakes a little bit. I am starting to get concerned, though. I am very like starting to get very concerned, especially with Garrett Bowles. But like and it, it was he was bad. He was just straight up Garrett Bowles was bad today. Bad. Yes. Did Kareem Jackson play? Could have swore I saw 22. He did. He started the game opposite Caden Stearns. Um, FA comes in with another $50 donation. Thank you, FA, man. That is Thank you. Man. So appreciative. Like I, huge, we, huge. It's, I mean, your your generosity helps me do this full time. Um, like, not much more I can say than that. I mean, it's just so awesome that you guys support us like this. Um, we won all four preseason games to start the Fangio area. I believe we started on four to begin the season. We learned from it, clean some things, and move on. I'm encouraged by this team. Have a great show, guys. Always watch after the fact. Yeah, I mean, last year they were two and one, and they ended mm-hmm. what five and twelve. Yeah, five on 12. the season like that's why that's why i don't care about the preseason wins or losses it's about what you see especially with the starters last year was a little bit different because obviously we didn't play the starters this year we got to see a little bit of the starters mm-hmm. um so we can see how much they're growing how much they're learning how much they're developing um especially the younger guys like damari mathis he looked really good out there i yes, cannot man. praise jaquan mcmillan enough and he played from start to finish he was out yes, there not during the final drive, but I think the second to last drive, he was still out there on the field um, and playing well. Got that sack, got another big play. Mm-hmm. There were a couple hiccups, yes, um, but for the most part, he was really good out there. Asang Bassi had the interception, got a little bit lucky that Rondell Moore slipped up on that. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with Bossy either because um, a couple plays before that, he got completely burned on what type of route, Lance? 
<laughs> it was a crossing route. He got torched on the crossing route. Literally two plays before that. It was literally two plays before the interception. <laughs> but when he lined up in the slot and he could actually read what Rondale Moore was going to do, his technique was perfect. His feet were in the right place. He was in the right place at the right time. Moore actually slipped on the route and – uh, I believe it was Clayton Toon threw it directly to him. He made a play. Yeah. It was fortunate to get there. It was fortunate to be in that particular position. But th- there was some positives, I think, for Asang Bassey. The the return on uh, after the fact, he showed the ability to run the, with the football, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I do want to go to Jaquan McMillan, who I thought had one of the better days at the cornerback position in, in, on the team. He had the big sack early in the game, um, was in on another pressure, uh, had multiple different tackles, had a pass breakup as well. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, like you said, played from start to practically the finish of the game, um, had a, another big tackle, I believe, that stopped a third down. It, it turned it into fourth down late in the game as well. Uh, so shout out to Jaquan McMillan. It, and Eric, you and I talked about him a little while ago. That dude has a potential possibility of being the fifth cornerback on this roster. He's playing well enough. And he showed it out there. It, well, yeah, you're you're actually right on that. With Riley Moss now, he's yep. he's the yep. fourth guy. Yeah, you're. Yes, you're absolutely. I, and I forgot that Riley Moss is. I I not really forgot. Just kind of spaced my mind right there. But still, like he went out there and showed that he has the goods to be on this team. And it, like it's not close. Bassey yeah. had a, a decent game with the interception. But he got torched. McMillan was sticky in coverage. He had a sack and also made a big tackle on a third down play that forced the Cardinals punt. Like it, that's a that's a big thing. FA coming back F- in dude. again oh, with the fifty dollar donation. I actually prefer Bulls getting whooped early on. This way we, we know he stinks. Maybe moving forward we give him a tight end or running back to chip. We are fooled by his Pro Bowl season. Sean Payton will make the necessary adjustments. I have faith in him. Um. I think there's just a lot of issues with Garrett Bowles. Confidence has always been a problem with him. So getting whipped early on, hopefully he can rebound and get his confidence back. Because when he plays with confidence, he plays well. I don't want to say great. He plays well. That Pro Bowl season, yeah, I think that was a that was the high end that we will ever get out of Garrett Bowles. I still think that there is a chance for him to be a decent tackle if he can be more consistent with his technique keep his feet moving that was a big issue his feet were dead after the snap he'd yeah. do his one or two kicks and then the dead and then he found himself lunging and you're just going to get beat consistently that way um so he's got to clean that up and i think we can get a solid year out of him if he can get confidence in himself and get and get back to doing that but can he a guy who has had so many issues with confidence like i hope we can um just because we can't keep having this for the whole season. Like some guy we never heard of what's going to happen when he's going against Chandler Jones or Max Crosby or Max Crosby or Bosa or, um, uh, Oh, who's the one pass rusher that the, that the chiefs have now? Um, not Chris Jones, one of their edges name escapes me at the moment. Um, guy who showed up George (laughs) Karloftis. That's the guy I was thinking of. Um, what's going to happen when you go against these guys? Like it's, it's an issue. Um, but I think we're all cut up for now on the super chats, but, and I've been dogging on the offensive line a lot. Now I'm going to give real quick and I'll pass it off to you, Lance, my three stars on the offensive line. And these are just the guys that I thought were looked through, looked the best. Alex Forsyth was one of them. And mm-hmm. same thing, as I said, with McLaughlin, he was going against certain four string guys. Like, 
that context matters a lot here. But he looked decent. Um, uh, Will Sherman again, same thing. He was a guard. He was the guard there at the end of the game. He looked pretty. He looked good there. And then, um, does Will Sherman wear seventy eight? I, I think that's. Yes. I think that's. Will, yes. Will Sherman wears he looks. He looks pretty good out there. And Kyle Fuller didn't look absolutely yeah. didn't look like a complete loss at left guard. There were issues with him. There were issues with all these guys, but they looked the three best to me along the offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, Will Sherman, I thought with, with him and Alex Forsyth actually did a really good job, especially late in the game, uh, springing uh, Tyler Beatty in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and then especially in the fourth quarter with Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, the the big takeaways that I have, um, in, in the positive side side of things. We already talked about it with Russell Wilson. I thought that when he hit the top of his drop, and even with uh, Jarrett Stidham, shoot with Ben Ben Denucci too. When these guys are hitting the top of their drops and actually understanding this is your first read, this is where the football goes, the passing offense clicked. There were several different times throughout the night where I thought that, you know what, this actually looks like a competent passing game. It, It looks okay. You've got Jerry Judy on the slant twice. You got the crossing route from Judy. You got a, a, a deep out from uh, from Cortland Sutton. You got the di- uh, the uh, the comeback route from Cortland Sutton over the middle of the field. Um, there was a couple of times where late in the game we got the the training camp darling Taylor Grimes was out there creating instant separation. Got a couple of catches back to back, and then threw a huge block on a Jaleel McLaughlin screenplay that I don't think that anyone necessarily saw or appreciates what they what needs yeah. to be appreciated for. Like there, there are some things to like here. That's that's the the one overarching thing is this passing game when it's on time looks very good. Um, now a, another thing is is Tyler Beatty that dude. Again, that dude runs the football so damn hard. He puts his head down. He he was explosive as well. Uh, got a couple of catches out there in, uh, on some checkdown stuff. Created some plays. That dude, I think, it, Eric, you and I have gone back and forth on this, especially with Jaleel McLaughlin. Tyler Beatty is easily running back three on this roster, and I think that he's going to have a big part in this offense, quite honestly. Whether it's four, five, six carries a game, he's going to get those carries, and he's actually going to be a decent player for this Broncos offense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been pretty obvious that there's been a gap between him and McLaughlin mm-hmm. ever since the one practice where Javante Williams didn't play and it went P. Ryan and then Beatty. Um, and then McLaughlin only got a handful of touches. Um, on that note, though, a couple other guys that, to me that didn't that I wanted to see more of, and I want to know this, why didn't Marvin Mims play? I didn't see anything when I was searching Twitter yes. for it. Yep. Um, and then where was Greg Dulcich and everybody press record. So you can hear this. You can watch it back or thing. I am looking 100% incorrect. Well, Lance is looking correct with the Adam Trotman, Greg Dulcich conversation. We were having a few weeks ago. Where was Greg Dulcich? I noticed Greg Dulcich more in the blocking game than I did in him running routes at all. Adam Trotman had a couple of catches tonight. I do believe, but he was out there the majority of the time. Like the majority of time when the offense was on the field, Adam Trotman was the was the one tight end on the field. And when they did bring the second tight end, it was Dulcich. But Troutman was on the line of scrimmage. Uh, Dulcich was lined up as a flanker off of uh, Dulcich or uh, Troutman's hip. And when runs went towards uh, Greg Dulcich's way, it was not good, guys. It 
was really and specifically. Oh, it's not, it wasn't Greg right. Dulcich's fault. No, like, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not saying that, but I, I'm not saying that. And I'm not trying to defend Greg Dulcich here. here. It's like when your right. offensive line isn't getting any separation, like you can't like you can't sit there and say, "Oh, the, they they did nothing when they're right. running to Greg Dulcich." It's, it wasn't his fault. My thing with Greg Dulcich was I noticed him out there on the field three times. And I don't remember seeing him outside of those three plays. And, I remember the, seeing Nate Atkins get out there pretty with... early, notably yep. before Albert yep. Okwebanon, by the way. Um, yeah. And then the other question I have is, um, it's going to be about another player, but now I can't remember who which player it was. Um, yeah, anyways, we'll move over to the defensive side of the ball, I guess. Well, so, um, but so first, we have a dollar and nine. Real quick, we have a super chat coming in here. Um, Two dollars, thank you, Jesse. We appreciate that. He says Russ looked a lot smoother today. Thank you, Peyton. When he had time to work with, yeah, he looked a little bit smoother. Yeah. Um, but Not- didn't have a lot of time. A lot. Um, no. So hopefully, we get to see that uh, change next week. Um, what about Albert O? I think he's cut. I think they're going to try to trade him and get something for him, and they're going to try to highlight him. It was noticeable that he didn't get out there until the Cardinals went to their third, fourth string guys. Mm-hmm. That was the first snap he got was when was just after they made the switch. I remember the announcers talking about it. Um, the switch of the Cardinals defense, that is. They're going to go out there. They're going to try to let him shine a little bit against these preseason, these camp bodies, essentially, and try to get like a seventh or sixth round pick out of him. A six-round pick if they send a seventh. Something to that effect. Right. That, that is my gut feeling on what they're trying to do with Albert Okwebenom. So I guess my question to piggyback off of that is when you saw Albert Okwebenom out there on the field and, and you – I'm not going to say you're, you're and, better oh, at watching football, a little bit more observant here. My, my big Sorry, question real is, quick. Real quick. Rudy comes in with – thank you, Rudy. We appreciate this. It says, Sean said it was a coaching decision Mims didn't play in the press conference. Thank you, Rudy. Really appreciate that. Obviously, yes, we can't content. watch the press conference when we're doing this. So I wasn't sure if he, if they answered it. So thank you so much, Rudy, for chiming in and giving us the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to go back to Albert Okwebenom just really fast. Uh, I, I, I noticed him out there late in the game, but something that I did make a mental note of, and I didn't see it for 100%. I need to go back and watch the tape here. But when he was on the field, how many times did he line up in line? I don't think it was one time. I don't think he lined up in line one time. No, it was, was a couple times. They, 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 were, they were on runs. There was a okay, few times so, that he did. Okay, so then, then I missed that particular aspect yeah. of it. I just – I never noticed him. I was like, okay, 85 standing out, split out wide. And that was like my mental note. I never noticed him in game. And that's, again, going back to the problems that everybody has with with uh, um, Albert Okuebenom. When you put him out there against third and fourth stringers, he's still struggling to create that impact in the running game. I only noticed him when he was out wide, and I was like, okay, let's see if they're going to actually target him in the passing game. So that – I don't know, man. I, I agree with you. I think they're going to move on from him if they do get something for him. And you had some interesting information to pass on shortly after the draft. If you guys want to find that, you definitely can. Dove Valley Deep Divers, go search us on Twitter. Um, go search us on YouTube. You can find that information. I'm not going to put it out here now. Well, but They're mostly watching on YouTube. I think they know how to find the YouTube channel. Well, yeah, exactly. But you know <laughs> what? I, yeah, I'm, I'm shouting out everybody after the fact here, man. We, we got a lot of people watching. Like 310 different sets of eyes here watching us tonight right now, which is awesome. 
Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us. But if you want to find <laughs> it, you can always go back and, and find that piece of information specifically. Yeah. Um, there's there's another player that I wanted to shout out. He had a very good performance late. And again, this is third and fourth string, guys. Uh, I got to find it. It's a new name in the chat. Uh, Marie Chevalier jumping in here, shouting out Elijah Garcia. Interior defensive lineman had a pair of sacks late in the game. Cleanup sacks, I will I will admit they were cleanup sacks. But if you're going to make a splash, you go out there and make it in the game and you go get a couple of sacks. Dude, Eric, what did you think about his performance tonight? So first off, any guesses about the name of the guard that he beat for those sacks? It was Elijah Wilkinson, wasn't it? No. No, Elijah Wilkins no. was pulled out pretty early in the game. Okay, I I I just knew that Elijah Wilkinson was on was on the Arizona uh, Cardinals. Yeah, roster. he was a, he's a starter. Okay, Latavius Simmons, who's been in the NF, who's been in the NFL for three years, came out of ten, Tennessee State. That's the guy he beat. Never heard of him. Well, that's this is the same point I'm going to make about Garrett Bowles being beat by a guy I never heard of. It was a guy that's a training camp body that's likely to get cut. Mm-hmm. That said, that Elijah Garcia had the game that you want to have mm-hmm. to gain momentum. And now it's mm-hmm. you hope that he gets to see a little bit more time, maybe move up a little bit on the depth chart, see some reps against the twos in practice instead of just the threes. Maybe you see that carry over in the game. It's a it's a ladder, and he's took a few steps up that ladder. Um, and it was great to see like, and the thing is, it wasn't just that he won. It was how quickly he was able to win, but he wasn't the only defensive lineman that looked pretty good out there. Um, Matt Henningsen looked pretty good. I mean, a lot of people are going to hate him for that two point conversion that causes the game. Got to finish. Like you can wrap up all you want, but if you're getting dragged for, for two or three yards, like Henningsen was, you got to finish like that. That's a complete bummer, but he had a pretty solid game overall. Mm -hmm. But the guy that I really want to shout out who stood out multiple times, was ha, ha, Hagai Netabwisi? Yes. I took note of him multiple times. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. do much as a pass rusher, but when he was on the field, the run defense was solid. Like, again, taking those steps, building up, and uh, working your way up the depth chart a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who doesn't have much experience with the, with the with playing football, it was great. He was more notab- noticeable to me than starter Jonathan Harris or primary backup Jordan Jackson was. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. The one that I I noted and I, Eric you and I talked about this in our uh um in our private chat a little bit. I actually liked what I saw out of Tyler Lancaster. I know you said he got bullied around. I I think the way that he finished those plays at the beginning sure, he got pushed off the ball. But he finished a couple of plays in the running game. He had a pressure as well, if I do remember correctly, uh, early in the game where he actually kind of blew up a, a guard playing at the nose tackle position. I thought that he had a pretty decent game. It was a very limited sample size for him, but that was something noteworthy for me. Tyler Lancaster started this game at the nose tackle position for the Broncos. Now, granted, Mike Purcell. There was one snap on the first drive. Well, he also, it was a good snap, though. It was a good snap, in my opinion. It wasn't. He got bullied. I disagree with you on that. Unless I'm, unless I missed all the numbers. Unless I missed all the number. Unless I missed all the number. I thought it was 96. Big 96. Or, I must be misremembering the number because 96 is 96 is Tyler Lancaster. 
Okay, so 96, I thought, had a big rush early in the game, right up the middle. He split the, the center guard in the A-gap on the uh, the right-hand side of the center, and I thought that he had a pretty decent pressure in there. I may have missed the number on that particular play, but I swear I saw that. It may have been Henningsen, who was also playing early in the game as well. So, <laughs> like, 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 what I saw from Lancaster – End, end of my point here. What I saw, I thought was actually pretty impressive. And for an undrafted free agent guy that's trying to make this roster, for him to be out there early with the first team defense, that tells me something. It, it tell, Even if it's just a little bit, it tells me something. They at least want him to be out there. Yeah, I mean, like, so giving you a little bit of crap on it. He wasn't completely terrible, but that first rep wasn't good. Out of his first five reps, three of them were bad. Um, and they weren't like, they weren't terrible reps. They were just, you want a little bit more getting pushed back a little bit, which you don't want to see as a nose tackle. One of them was in a one-on-one block. Yep. Like yep. it's just not what you want to see from him, but he, he was decent overall. I think of the potential for nose tackles that they have, um, between him, between Lancaster, Mustafa and Merrill, he was the best one of the bunch. Like I didn't, I didn't like Mustafa a lot. Like he do just got bullied consistently on one-on-ones. Um, and Merrill was just Merrill looks like he's 500 pounds out there on the field. Now I don't have a whole lot of room to talk about that, but he looked huge. He looked massive. And there are like three plays in a row where he ended up on the ground. Um, now we got some comments about here, Nick Benito. Yes. We both have been, you know, very cautious with him. Um, not so much optimistic. He looked decent. He looked very quick off the snap, but when offensive linemen got their hands on him, it was still game over. I I don't disagree with you, but the one th- and I, I I'm going to say this: he looked extremely explosive, despite the fact that he does look like he gained a, a significant amount of weight, like roughly 15 pounds on his frame. He bulked up. And he still has that first step burst early in the game. Um, he, he subbed in for Randy Gregory and he, when he took off, he was five yards deep into the backfield, but there was zero gap contain. He yeah. overran the offensive lineman and opened up the C gap so wide open for a large run off the right-hand side. I like what I'm seeing here. I think that the burst is there. I think that the explosive is, is there. And I think that the pass rush rooms are, are definitely going to like show you're going to see a better pass rusher. Yeah. I want to see him take one-on-one blocks against a tackle and a tight end or like one-on-one blocks against a tackle set a firm edge. We saw that with Jonathan Cooper tonight and I'm stoked about his performance today. I thought Jonathan Cooper played a fantastic game in the 15 snaps that he did play. Jonathan Cooper looks freaking amazing. That dude is he's explosive, he's strong, he's very thick, he's like he looks good in the run, and he had a pressure as well. Jonathan Cooper was great. Nick Benito was just now, okay. We only got a few more minutes since it's so late for most of the people that are tuning in, since I'm assuming that most of you are from the mountain time zone. Um, and where it's almost midnight for you guys. So make sure you guys get your super or get super chats or stars, and that's the best way to make sure we get your comments or questions talked about or answered or whatever on it. Unfortunately, tonight, we don't have time to go through all the comments in the chat and pull pull some up um, like we normally do. Um, so, uh, yeah, so and, make sure you guys get th- get those in. Now, uh, you got somebody you guys- coming in saying, nope, Hawaii. Hey, it's an hour behind me even. Um, hope you're doing well in Hawaii. I saw some of the stuff that happened there, too, 
one of the islands. Then I can't remember the, which one off the top of my head at the moment. Hope that uh, you're safe though and uh, taken care of. And then somebody from the East Coast, and it's definitely late. Um, now going on, continue talking about the defense real quick. Get through this linebackers. Uh, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, they looked like Josie Jewell, and thank you. Um, thank you. I, I knew I would know it when I saw it, but I just couldn't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, anyways, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, they looked like they normally do. Drew Sanders was up and down for me. Yes. There were some good plays in coverage where he was aware he was in the right place. Then there were plays where he was out of it. Um, he looked good as a blitzer. He looked decent against the run. But to me, he showed just kind of that he's Drew Sanders. Like mm-hmm. the is- there, There's issues there that he's still going to have to work out. And a lot of it is um, experience. Mm-hmm. He was an edge rusher that moved over to linebacker a year ago. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just experience and still learning the position. Yeah. Uh, Patrick jumping back in here. Uh, he's on Oahu. And by the way, shout out to Patrick for the, uh, the great lions brew coffee that he sent to, uh, to me and my wife a couple of days ago. Absolutely fantastic stuff. If you guys like coffee, Oahu is where my wife was born. Yep. Yeah, like it. So <laughs> if, if you like coffee, lions brew coffee, check it out. Patrick will be able to uh, post his link and please do post it in the chat for everybody to, to go in and uh, get a sample if nothing else, because Best cup of coffee I've had in a while. No lie. The, the Koa blend that you guys put out, absolutely amazing. So thank you, Patrick, for joining us. And I'm glad that you and your family are safe. Absolutely gra- uh, glad for that. Uh, hopefully everybody else out there in Hawaii is uh, is doing okay uh, out there on Lahaina. And uh, and hopefully everybody else out there is safe as well. But uh, uh, I want to go to Drew Sanders, back to what you were just talking about here. I thought he looked lost a couple of different times. There, and not, not in coverage, but uh, – like he just looked like he didn't know exactly what he was supposed to be doing. There was a, a, a time where he was showing blitz and then ran into an offensive lineman. And Nick actually pointed out in our group chat, he got blown off the ball against the guard, yeah. like blown off the ball eight yards against the running game. I did not expect that. Now I understand he's a rookie. And like you said, he's learning the, the linebacker position, but there are times where you've got to understand what your assignment is and actually execute the assignment. And I thought that sometimes Drew Sanders looked a little bit lost out there. I'm not saying this is an indictment on him. It's his first game at the NFL level. And I think that there's a lot of talent there. And I think that he did put himself in a lot of the correct positions, but there were times where I'm like, I don't know if he knows exactly what he's doing right now. And I'm wait. I'm waiting to see a little bit more before I really reserve judgment against him. But tonight, I'm not going to say it was a concern, but it's definitely got my eyebrows raised a little bit. I am less concerned about him having a handful of plays where he looked lost when he played probably eighty percent of the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I I'm not going to compare to that. the offensive line that looked <laughs> completely lost. Like just just to put that in context, uh-huh. he's a rookie. I'm not expecting, I'm not, even if he's the first overall pick, I'm not expecting him to go out there in his first game, even in preseason, and just completely look like he belongs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Patrick, Patrick Sertan, even as a rookie in his first preseason game, he looked a little lost at times. Just to be clear here, it happens. It's part of growing in the NFL and adjusting to the NFL. And for him, again, a big thing, and I'll use this as an excuse for him, if, um, is 
He just learned the position. He just moved a year ago. Yeah. I mean, if he was playing there all, all in college, I wouldn't use that as an excuse, obviously. He should be have a better idea. But a lot of it is also a verbiage change and a scheme change for him. There's a lot there for it. Um, real quick, going to post a link here from Patrick. He says, hawaiicoffeeco.com or .com and then lioncoffee.com. And he says, make sure you put in MHH in the comments so he can see. Um, guys, make sure you go check that out. As Lance says, it was the best cup of coffee he's had in a while. Um, I don't drink coffee, so uh, not a not a big thing on it. Maybe I'll look at it for my wife or something and uh, get her some because she's the coffee drinker. Um, if, she, if, if she likes tea, the tea is great, too. The, the tea I like tea, too. so maybe maybe so, I'll check out the tea then. So so Patrick sent us a, a care package for me and my wife, like 18 pounds worth of coffee and tea, and it was absolutely incredible. The the mango yeah. hibiscus tea, yes. Yes. And now to round it off the chat, because we are getting a little late, so again, final call for any comments. Um, super chat, stars, that's the best way to make sure we get to them. Um, special teams. Coverage units were fine. Mm -hmm. They were good even. The kicking game right now, if I had a pick today, it's Fry. Easily. Right now. Mm -hmm. Brett Maher went 0 for 2. Like, and it wasn't even close. One of them, what? No. Blocked. Fry was the one blocked. who was tipped. No, Fry's was no, the one that was, was tipped. Oh, I thought it was Mars the one that's so I got the I'm pretty sure seven. I'm pretty sure it was Fry. Um obviously I can double check double check that, but I'm pretty sure it was Fry's. It was the one the other long one that he missed. Um try, I'm trying to see real quick. But and then the punting game. I said this, I said this a lot. Um leading up over the offseason and everything. Riley Dixon and the kicker who or the punter we had last year whose name escapes me at the moment. Corliss Their Whitman. numbers. Huh? Corliss Waitman. Corliss Waitman, thank you. Their numbers were essentially identical. Yeah. And everybody was acting like we tremendously upgraded the punting position. Yeah, so, so Mayor so was Mar apparently the one block. My yeah, apologies. Yeah. I was incorrect there. I, th I thought it was Fry because I, I thought they were alternating and it, I thought it was the second one, not the third one. It, it's 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 all right, dude. It, it, everybody can be wrong every now and again. You don't have to you know beat yourself up over it. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to be wrong on this one. I miss Brandon McManus already. Like, and oh, come on. He wouldn't have made any of those 50 yards. I, 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 I'm, I'm it would have been wide right. But I, I've got to get a shout out to our guy, James Campbell, who is like the biggest Brandon McManus hater ever. Uh, but like, I, I, I do miss the fact that you have a, a steady and reliable kicker. And we're going in with uh, Brett Maher, who missed five extra points in a in a, in a postseason game. It, or I, it was the week 17 and a postseason game combined, actually. And then Elliot Fry, who has six career kicks to his name at the NFL level. Like that's 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 a big thing um, to me. Um, I understand getting cheaper at the position. Culture change is a big thing there and not to like crap on Brandon McManus here as the, um, as the player association rep for the Broncos as a kicker, you're probably not supposed to do some of the things that Brandon McManus did in terms of telling everybody to not show up to camp when you're a freaking kicker. Sorry. That's just my personal opinion, but I do miss Brandon McManus. I think that there's there, there's going to be a problem here with this kicking game. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I do want to do a, a special thing here. I got to give a shout out to my guys um, at the uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. 
the American Legion baseball team, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Wyoming post six played the uh, first ever game in the American Legion world series uh, a couple days ago. They lost, but the, today they actually won. They beat Ellsworth Maine um, on a walk-off double from Julian Romero. Uh, uh, Brandon freezer, I believe is his name uh, pitched a, a complete game, three hit one run game. Uh, absolutely amazing game. Congratulations to those guys. And uh, hopefully you guys keep, keep kicking ass quite honestly. So congratulations. Yeah, and just, just to be clear here, I was joking about my comment with Brandon McManus for as big of a leg as he did. He wasn't super reliable beyond 50. That's where the joke was, but he still would be better than what the Broncos have. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care if he's telling people not to show up to voluntary practices or not. Like, I don't care. Like it's voluntary. Yep. So what? Like, and honestly, that's part of his that's part of his responsibility as the NFLPA rep. Yeah. Is to no, tell I, I... people because because there, what people what a lot of people don't realize is that there is differences for voluntary and mandatory camps and things like that when it comes to insurances mm-hmm. and the, the protection that you get from the insurance. So that is why they're often told to, you know. Don't, don't bother coming to it. Um, obviously, still, still their choice, and most people still did anyways. Um, but on that side, it's like, yeah, both these kickers will, will lose the game. Um, one blocked, a miss from 47, a miss from 50. Um, like, just can't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all I have now. <laughs> uh, yeah, with that, guys, thank you all for joining us here on a great episode of Dell Valley Deep Divers. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to everybody. Uh, Deanna, thank you to F.A., thank you to uh, Mike, thank you to um, uh, Michael Ronquillo, thank you to everybody who was kind enough to join us and and donate to us and uh, and support our show. We definitely, definitely appreciate that. You guys can find us on Twitter by following me at um, – at Sanders, uh, excuse me, at Lance S underscore MHH, and for Eric, at Eric Trickle, and um, also guys, while you're at it, please make sure you guys are following uh, at Mile High Huddle. It's a great way to keep up in touch with what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Our gut reaction uh, articles and stuff like that are coming out here within the next 12 hours or so. Make sure you guys are following all of that, uh, guys. If you are financially able to or aren't financially able to do so please do these three things one subscribe to everything mile high huddle on youtube facebook twitter twitch that helps a lot like every single video you guys see and if you love it please share it and get it out in front of as many broncos fans as humanly possible because without your guys' support we couldn't do what we do best which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now with that, Eric, we have to get out of here, but do you have anything else you want to share for our wonderful listeners here on a Friday night? Broncos football is back. A loss sucks, but Broncos football is back. And that is a reason to be excited. And we can't wait until next Friday to talk about you, talk to you guys and give our takes on the game that would be coming up against the San Francisco 49ers. If I'm right. Is it yep. the 49ers San- next week? Yep. Yep. San Francisco next week. So hopefully, hopefully we get a, a, a get to talk about a Broncos win next week. That would be absolutely fantastic. Uh thank you all for joining us once again. Oh, we won't get to talk about a Broncos win next week. Game's not till next Saturday. 
Oh damn it! That's right. So we get pregame. <laughs> so we'll be That's okay. we'll be pre- we'll be previewing the 49ers game. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do preview regardless. Anyways, thank you all for joining us. We definitely appreciate you. For Eric, I am Lance Sanderson. Thank you all again for joining us tonight on Dove Valley Deep Divers. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your wonderful weekend. And as always, go Broncos. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson.